turn to Luke's Gospel. And we find Jesus gathered with others. And this is one of the things that happens. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you're invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place, and then in disgrace you would start to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit down at the lowest place. So that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, don't invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. And you will be blessed because they cannot repay you For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. Upon first read, this story feels like one thing when in fact it's another. Upon first read, this story feels like we're being told one thing when we're actually being reminded of another. And so in the midst of our conversation, oh God, we ask and I ask that you show us the other thing. Remind us of the other thing. Something that in fact might cause us joy that we might leap back out into the world with a way that is given by you and a new hope. Speak to us in these moments for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So when you read that story, it's hard to not read it like you've just been given some kind of formula. You know, like Jesus has just walked up to you at a party and and is whispering in your ear saying, hey, let let me tell you how to do this deal. 
and look good while you're doing it. It feels like that. It feels like it's giving you some kind of secret to success at parties, like a formula. That's how it feels when you read it. And yet, you know, that can't be what it's about. That can't be it, right? I mean, that's crazy. I mean, certainly, God can't be in the business of passing out pamphlets with three easy steps to party popularity. I mean, that's not God, is it? Is that, is that what we're all about and that's all? Can't be right. That can't be the focus. And of course it's not. It's not the focus. But to get a glimpse of that, you have to spend some time on the last line that Jesus shares with us. This last line he gives. You will be blessed. You will be blessed. That's the focus. It's all about blessing and what blessing looks like and what blessing feels like and what blessing acts like this story. The whole thing, this story is about God's blessing. I can see Jesus walking into this party and looking around and seeing all the maneuvering and the posturing and the seat changing and all of that and that they used to do back then that that we still do today just in different ways and looking at that and saying wait 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 just a minute this is not what God's blessing looks like this is not what God's blessing looks like at all let me tell you a parable about what God's blessing looks like that's what it's about we use this word a lot blessing right you certainly are blessed we say That group of people over there, boy, aren't they blessed. I sure hope today is a blessed day. When someone sneezes, we say what? Right. When someone says something kind of dumb, we say, oh, well, bless their little heart. (laughs) They didn't mean it. Bless their heart. When we are blessed, or when we think of being blessed, we often think of receiving something like money or health, something like that. In the Bible, God blesses all kinds of things. God blesses individuals and groups and nations. God blesses the people of Israel. God blesses creatures and land and homes and crops. God blesses work and the Sabbath. In the New Testament, Jesus blesses the elements of the Lord's Supper. Jesus blesses the bread at the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus also blesses the disciples. It seems like blessing is everywhere. It's a great big word, blessing. So what does it mean? This big word, what can it mean, blessing? Well, I'll tell you. In the best way I know how. As best as I can put it, 
blessing means, poor guy, bless his little heart. <laughs> blessing means to bless is, is to impart on someone else or something else the very goodness of God. That's what it means. In other words, it's the very essence of God's goodness. That attribute in particular, it's not God's wrath, God's discipline, God's faith, not even God's grace, it's God's goodness. It involves some of those other things, but it's God's goodness. Blessing is the very goodness of who God is. Now, when you think of it that way and you reread this story, you, you might realize that there's no one in this story that has that. Everyone in this story except Jesus needs it. Every single person he's talking to or about needs this. The people posturing themselves at the table, they are needing blessing in that way. They don't realize it, but that's what they need. And that's why that's being acted out in that way, even though it's kind of protocol for parties in that day. That's what they're doing. They need, they need blessing. The host who only invites those who can just who can repay the invitation is 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 needing blessing, needing God's goodness. The poor, the blind, the lame, the crippled need need to be blessed. They all, they all need it. And what Jesus is doing, I think, is trying to convince everyone who's within earshot of this story, earshot of, of what's being said, everyone who's reading this as we do today, trying to convince us that we are not only already blessed, but that we are also challenged now to be part of that blessing, part of God's goodness in the world. That's the challenge, to be part of the blessing. Can you do that? Do you think, you think you can do that? Actually be part of God's goodness? Well, I don't know, you might say. I mean, have you looked at the world lately? Have you looked out the window? Have you turned on the television? We, off, we say that, right? That's what we say. We say, have you looked out there? It's a mess. The whole thing's a mess. I don't know. That's a pretty tall order. It's a whole mess out there. The world is a messy place. It's just gone to, to pot the world, you know. We say those kinds of things, and it's true. And we can easily become convinced of that. We become easily convinced that there is no good in the world at all. But I want to say something to you today and I want you to hear me when I say it. I want you to hear every single word that I'm about to share with you. 
as messy as it is, as intense and divided and unjust and every word you can throw at it as the world may look at first glance, look harder. Look again and again and again. Look past the facade that we gripe about all the time. And you just might find that as harsh as the world seems on the face of it, the world is equally blessed. Every corner, every crack, every nook and cranny, all of it, all of it, every inch of this world is infused with the goodness of God. It's blessed. You just have to look hard sometimes. In our story, Jesus is saying as he looks around, be the blessing. Be the blessing. Parker Palmer shares an exercise that he uses to help him see the world that way. And I want to read to you what he writes. He says this. He says, one of the ways I exercise my heart is by taking in life's little joys, a small kindness from a stranger, the sound of a distant rain reviving childhood memories, the infectious giggle of a two-year-old as I hide and pop out from behind my hands. Taking all of it in, all of it, the good and the bad alike, is a form of exercise that slowly transforms my clenched fist of a heart into an open hand. Now, if you can do that, if you can begin to look at this world as, as blessed, alongside the mess, blessed, then you might just be able to begin to be part of that blessing, part of God's goodness in this world. A number of years ago when I graduated seminary, I, right after graduation, my wife and I moved to Indianapolis for two years where I worked in a large church there as part of a program for people who just graduated and were starting their time as pastors. And, and part, of the, part of the program there was they assigned a family, a, a family from the church to be your host family just for you, right? And so I get my assigned family and the staff, the rest of the staff, you know, would, would ask the new newbies, you know, who the family they got. Who'd you get? Who'd you get? We want to know. We'll tell you all about them. You know, we'll tell you what to watch out for or what, you know, we'll tell you. We'll give, we'll give you the skinny on them. And, and they said, well, who'd you get, Andy? Who'd you get? And so I told them, I said, well, I got uh, Bill and Carolyn Cook. And immediately they said, oh, 
You are so lucky. They are the best. And they weren't kidding. I mean, they took me to lunch. They showed me and Denise around the city, made sure we knew where we are, where to find things. They invited us to dinner. They brought us over to their house. Little things would show up at our doorstep. They would, they would support us in every fathomable way you could think of, in every way possible. And just when I thought they'd done it all, this happened. About halfway through my time, Bill Cook was diagnosed with colon cancer. And he had to have surgery, and it was serious surgery. It was a big deal. We weren't sure if he was going to make it through. It was not, you know, it was a big deal. And at the very same time, I was scheduled to go on a pilgrimage weekend. It's not called pilgrimage there. It's called Great Banquet. Here it's called pilgrimage. There's a table out in the atrium if you have questions about pilgrimage. All right, there's my plug. But I was scheduled to go through that weekend there. And at the same time, Bill was in surgery and getting into recovery. And the first night, one of the leaders of the weekend walked up to me and said, I visited, Bill called me this morning and wanted me to come I went to visit him and he gave me this to hand to you. It was a card. I opened it up and it simply read, Dear Andy, my deepest prayer is that you have a wonderfully rich and renewing spiritual experience this weekend, Bill. Here he is in the, in the balance of his life, unsure, and he writes me a card from the hospital bed. Now I don't have to explain to you how that made me feel, right? Not after what we just talked about. I didn't just feel like I'd received really good hospitality. <laughs> I didn't just feel like I'd been given a nice note from what has now become a good friend. I felt blessed as if God had just reached down and set me at the head of the table and handed me the kind of goodness that will never go away, ever. I felt blessed. Now this world is messy. It's harsh and unjust at times and confusing. It's messy. But it is also blessed, steeped in the goodness of God and Jesus Christ. Now you go be part of that. Become the blessing. Don't waste another second. Let's pray.